You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us, and we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Kennedy Miller. What's the word? What's going on? Hey, man, nothing much, nothing much, man. Where can the folks find you on the artist formerly known as Twitter? You can find me on that app called X at underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right. And, you know, I forgot to tell the folks what TSM stands for because people always ask me, what's the TSM stand for? Now, you say it stands for tacos, sangria, margaritas. What does it really stand for? Well, today it's going to stand for tacos, sangria, and M as in Miami, like Miami Heat, like where Damian Lillard is not going to be playing because he is playing this year for the M, Milwaukee Bucks. Because that's where he got traded to. So it's going to be Giannis and Dame Dollar in Milwaukee. Kennedy Miller, how shocked were you that that is where Damian Lillard ended up? I was very shocked. If you guys have been faithful uh, Game Plan podcast members, I've I've had some rants about Damian Lillard in the past (laughs) and his inability to make up his mind on what he wants to do. But I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I was very shocked that he was going to Miami, but I think that's a better situation than him being traded to Miami. Just for the simple fact that Giannis has an argument to be the best player in the world. I think it should go to Jokic because he just won the championship, but Giannis is right there. And I think that on paper, they complement each other very well. You can kind of envision Giannis as being the guy that's Taking majority of the shots, but in the last five or six minutes of the games, Damian Lillard is going to be the guy that, that's going to take over. And just with his ability to shoot it from almost half court, Giannis's ability and the, the gravity that he uh, has around the rim. And then the fact that, I mean, you still got Chris Middleton, who was a, a pivotal piece in the year that they won a championship. Brooke Lopez, very good defender in the, in the league. And then Bobby Portis. You still have a team that was the number one seed in the, in the, in the East last year. Very big move from, for Milwaukee. I applaud them for making that decision to trade Drew Holiday because a lot of teams were just kind of staying pat. And with Giannis kind of speaking about his indecisiveness of signing a, an extension, they really put all the chips on the table to, to try and keep Giannis there. So I'm excited to see how it's going to look. What I think Milwaukee missed most and what they needed the most was a second guy, a second player who is elite at creating his own shot because a lot of the championship teams of the last really people like to say, you know, Michael and Scotty, you know, two elite guys who can create their own shots, Shaq and Kobe, two elite guys that can create their own shots. You know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, three guys who can get their own bucket. You know what I mean? With the Bucks, you could hand Giannis the ball and say, go get me a bucket. You couldn't quite do that with a Chris Middleton or a Drew Holiday at that level. Could they do it? Sometimes, yeah. But you can hand Damian a little of the basketball and say, here's the ball. Go get me a bucket or get to the foul line in the last several minutes of a game. Because in the playoffs, it isn't as much about scheme and things like that. At the end of a ball game, it's can your best player score? One-on-one, we're going to clear the floor out probably. Can your best guy get there? Can he get it done? You know, and what they're going to lose in terms of defensively, not having Drew Holiday, I think Damian Lillard more than makes up for it in his shot-making ability, in his shot-creation ability. 
But I do have a question, though. When it comes to Damian Lillard, I think Damian Lillard, in a lot of ways, the last several years, he's gotten the credit of being a superstar. Like, he's had all the perks of being a superstar and being called a star or a superstar. But Damian Lillard necessarily hasn't had to win anything, if that makes any sense. Like, I always think about the fact that all those years Dame and CJ were in Portland, and we called Damian Lillard a superstar, but he never had anything to show for it. He never caught the hell that a James Harden caught. You know, right. he's never caught the hell that a Joel Embiid is starting to catch now. You know, he's never caught the hell that a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown are starting to catch now. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that's just a, a function of the fact they're in the, on the West Coast. We don't watch them that often. Like, we, we kind of pop in, pop out on the Portland Trailblazers, really, because either, either they're on national television or we tap in during the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. but we don't handle Dame the way we handle a Russell Westbrook. There's going to be a new spotlight on them because arguably – they're the favorite to win the title. One could make the argument there. So if they no, don't, no. you know, how is he going to perform under this heightened level of scrutiny? Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Um, a couple points. A couple points go in there. Number one, I think Milwaukee was struggling to find the second creator. Uh, Chris Middleton showed flashes of that the year they won. But this past year, he was hurt, had a knee procedure done. Um, so we'll see how he looks coming off of that. Um, but that, that is what they were missing. And, and you kind of got to feel like Milwaukee was, it's Giannis and we're going to space the floor with shooters, right? Kind of like a LeBron and Cleveland type thing. But the problem with that is you look around and I'm like, out of all the contenders, Milwaukee might be the least athletic team in the league outside of Giannis. None of these guys can beat anybody else off the dribble. So you put Dame in there. And like you said, it just gives you a one-two punch, almost kind of like I'm. I'm envisioning like a Braun and Kyrie. Like I'm doing this. I'm. It's my show. It's Giannis's show. But in the last five minutes, especially of playoff games, where free throws matter, teams in the bonus, like the ball is going to be in Dame's hands to create. He has never had those criticism or expectations on him, but he's gotten the praise that those guys have gotten yeah. too, deservedly so. Because he's hit big shots and he's played well, but he's also had some stinkers in the playoffs too. Like he's had some bad games. Like we tend to forget Dame was a dirt, a three seed and got swept by Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis. Is that what got Terry Stotts fired? He got fired. They didn't even fire him that year. They fired him the year after that. Then they play against the Warriors. No Kevin Durant for the series. This is the year they lose to Toronto. Mm-hmm. They get swept. They're winning by double digits. Every game at halftime, they're by double digits. Every game at half. Um, not saying that they should have won the series or anything, but these are things that Russell Westbrook would get criticized for, that Embiid would get criticized for because he's starting to get those criticisms. So I am interested to see. You know, it's not Dame isn't necessarily going to a bigger market in Miami, but you are going to a team now. I'm sure none of us ever thought that Portland had any championship expectations like i don't think there was ever a year we've been doing the game plan for almost five years now we never came on here on the nba <laughs> prediction and said i think portland's gonna make it to the championship or i think portland's gonna win the championship this is the first time he's gonna have these expectations and so now everything will be heightened because we'll be watching him his shot making his scoring will be heightened his defensive liabilities will be heightened too and that was what i was thinking about was because what they're losing and Drew Holiday is a great perimeter defender who can really chase and harass a team's primary ball handler. Damian Lillard is a lot of things. 
harassing somebody's primarily primary ball handler, that ain't amongst the things he does at all. Or even remotely does well. So the question is going to be, can the defense of a Chris Middleton, can the defense of a Giannis, can they like, you know, structurally, can they kind of hide him in a way? Because those first couple of years with Tony Parker in San Antonio, it was Greg Popovich kind of hiding him. Like, where can I put Tony Parker to where he's not a defensive liability? Right. How can we structure this defense around that guy's deficiencies? And with Pop, it kind of really started what he used to do with Vinny Del Negro. Like, all right. We got this dude on the floor. We got to play him, but we got to just set this up around it to where this dude's deficiencies won't kill us. You know, so will Middleton or Giannis be able to cover up those spots? Like you said, like, that's my that's my one question. And like even the move to like Boston, because they just got Drew Holiday, right? Boston's now added a Porzingis and a Drew Holiday. And I think with, for Boston, what that does is they thought they got like their point guard and Malcolm Brogdon. But I really think Drew Holiday is exactly what they've been looking for because let's keep it funky. They can't let Jalen Brown dribble the ball no damn mo. Okay. They can't. I don't know how that man. Doesn't he have like one of the richest contracts in NBA history? Oh, yeah. And yeah. he can't dribble. Like, yo, man, I want to be like Jalen Brown when I grow up to where a key component of my job I am wholly incompetent at. And they pay me absurd amounts of money. He, that man is living out my dreams right now. He really is. They paid him a lot of money. But no, you're right. Like, you know, in my head, it's really like those two teams in the East. And then it's a little bit of a drop off. Just because I feel like Drew Holiday is a smarter Marcus Smart. <laughs> like, and it, I mean, you know, like as a Boston fan, you felt like you lost something when you lost Marcus Smart, the heart of the team. The toughness of the team, you know, but Drew Holiday is a better defender, in my opinion, and he's a better player. And you're not going to get those irrational decisions that Marcus Smart had when he had the ball in his hands, but Drew Holiday has the ball in his hands. You're losing Robert Williams, which could be big, but I mean, how many games was he going to miss? Like, very inconsistent as far as like games being played. So I think they're banking on Porzingis being a big get for them, which he very well could be. It'll just be interesting if those two teams actually do match up in the conference finals. Are we going to ask Al Horford and Porzingis to stay in front of Giannis? Like, is that the game plan here? (laughs) Yo, it's wild. Al Horford still in the league. Like, Al Horford is almost like uh, Mercedes Lewis. Who I cannot believe Mercedes Lewis is still Mercedes in the league. Mercedes is still kicking. Bruh, I was watching the game on Sunday and I heard them say Mercedes Lewis on the catch for the Chicago Bears. And I said, this got to be Mercedes Lewis Jr. Cause this can't be the same Mercedes Lewis that was in the NFL when George W. Bush was the president. But lo no. and behold, it was. So I was like, wow. And like Al Horford's been in the NBA since Michael Vick, since the last time Michael Vick was playing for the Falcons. That's how long Al Horford's been in the Dude. NBA. Dude, because I'm, I actually like to go back and like watch NBA games. So I'm watching like the NBA playoffs from like 2015, which is eight years ago. And they're talking like, they're talking about Al Horford being a veteran on the team. <laughs> if he's a veteran almost a decade ago, what is he now? Tito's son is still kicking. You know who don't want to see Dude. no more Al Horford? Embiid. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid wants him to retire so, so badly. And yo, and speaking of the Philadelphia 76ers, did you hear James Harden's going to show up to training camp? I did. I did. And that's a big thing for Philly. Like, what are they going to do? 
because I'm not just going to give you away. If I'm Philly, I feel like I'm this far away. Like Dame obviously puts Milwaukee above. Embiid, we should consider a top five player in the league. I think we feel like it's an upgrade of Nick Nurse over Doc Rivers. Should be. I don't think they, I don't think they put bad pieces around them. I, I thought they had some interesting pickups. Kind of older, but Pat Bev, Danny Green, Kelly Oubre. I'm kind of interested to see how he will be out there. Obviously, you still got Tyrese Maxey, but again, it's, it's the, it's the James Harden situation. Is he going to stay and play? Which we all assume he will not, especially not in shape if he does. <laughs> and two, like, dude, we're not just going to give you to the Clippers for like Nick Batum and Marcus Morris. <laughs> like, no, if I'm, if I'm Philly, I'm asking for, I'm starting with Terrence Mann. And if I'm the Clippers, I'm starting by hanging up the phone if you're asking. For Terrence for Mann. Ter- like, so I, we just going to be at the standstill then. And unless there's a third team that facilitates, he ain't going nowhere. And you know what's going to happen if they're in the third team that's, that's going to facilitate? James is going to show his whole ass. James is going to act a fool. Look, when he shows up to camp tomorrow, I want to see, is does he show up in that fat suit? Is he looking like Mark Henry, world's strongest man? Did you see when he was at the club in Houston and, he, and, and, and the girls were shaking, they had the little sign that said, Daryl Moore is a fraud or something like that? That man is nuts. That man is nuts. I've, yo, I've never seen somebody who will, who will obviously quit on a job like James Harden will. He will show up to work for his shift and just sit in the back. I don't know why y'all asked me to do something. I put my two weeks in. I told him I ain't coming back, but they keep thinking I'm going to stay <laughs> after these two weeks. I told you I'm not staying here. But, you know, as we continue to go like around the NBA, what is your most intriguing team? Because I've got two and I'm going to let you go first because Phoenix is one of them. But I'm going to let you go first. My most intriguing team. Mm-hmm. The easy answer for me is to say the team that I root for. You don't root for a team. You root for a, a, a player. You root for LeBron James. Let's not do this. Hey, 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 hey. I can only I can only answer the question I was at. Mr. Miller, Mr. Miller, come on at. now. Come on. That's- that's the easy answer. Why? <laughs> they made they made it to the Western Conference Finals. They had midseason trades. They kept those guys. They improved their roster. They had a really good offseason. Now I'm just intrigued to see what they will look like with a full training camp. Second year coach now, Darvin Ham. You got different lineup combinations. How will you use it? That's all I'm intrigued about. That's what I'm intrigued about. I will say this about the LA Lakers. I was impressed. By the way, they finished the season. I was so, and more so, not even impressed with the team. I was more so impressed by Darvin Ham. Because mm-hmm. to take a team on the fly, I figured at most they may make a push towards the play-in. You know, they're probably not going to make it because it's hard to just get a team to gel that quickly when you're putting it together on the fly. And they and you really flip the whole roster around. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very, very difficult to do and ask a, a rookie coach to do. And the only one I had really seen do that before, at least in my lifetime, was Ty Lu. You know, just show up midseason and they've, you know, changed some things around and you got to be the one to take it there. I didn't think Darvin Ham and the Lakers were going to be able to figure something out. But not only did they make the plane and make the playoffs, they made it to the conference finals. So, like, Darvin Ham, 
I had reservations about if the man could coach before. I don't have them anymore, right? But my question with the Lakers really becomes two things. The health of LeBron James and the health of Anthony Davis. Because LeBron James is going to be 39 years old this year. And he talked like he was actually contemplating retirement. I really don't think that he was. I think this is one of those LeBron James, look at me, I like attention things. But if LeBron was seriously considering retirement, I think he should. Because realistically speaking, it's not going to get any better from here. You're not going to get any healthier from here, right? Like your best days in terms of health are behind you, you know? And for me with a guy like LeBron, I don't want him to end up like Kobe those last couple of years or Tom Brady last year or Ben Roethlisberger. You know, we're watching him. You're like, yeah, he should have hung it up while we thought he could still play. Then stay an extra right. year and leave no doubt that, yeah, you're it's shot. You know, because mm-hmm. to hear my to hear my grandfather, Benny Goodwin Sr. tell it, he said one of the saddest things he's ever seen in his life was Muhammad Ali fight three and four years past his prime. Yep. And I personally sure. don't want that for LeBron James. So, like, mm-hmm. health-wise, I don't think he's played a full season or, like, 65 games in L.A. other than the pandemic shortened year. And I don't think he played 65 in that one. Mm-hmm. But... How many games realistically can you expect from a 39-year-old? And can you expect a 39-year-old, given Anthony Davis is never going to, in my opinion, never going to be the consistent dominant force he could be? You're asking a 39-year-old to be your your most important player. That's probably too much to ask out of one guy, even if it is LeBron. And, you know, I've said this before Kennedy Miller previously. I think it was a fair assumption to assume you can do all things through LeBron who strengthens you. You know what I'm saying? At yeah, 25, I, 26, and 27, yeah. At 39, I don't know. Now, I know you probably no. feel different because, Kennedy Miller, I have seen you talk yourself into some things in the name of LeBron James that, like, Kennedy Miller, you told me in 2016 or 17 that C.D. Osmond was going to be a factor when when the Cavaliers played the Warriors. Okay? You told me that. Chetty let me down. He never lived up to his potential. <laughs> I did say those things. I did say those things. I just, I, okay, so here's my thing. Everything that you're saying, I don't disagree with. Here's what I've come to terms with. I feel like the, this is one of the first times that he has a competent, complete roster. You know, like even, even in Miami, how great those teams were. They didn't have a great point guard. They didn't have a great big man. Cleveland, they became really too offensive minded. And then by the time they played Golden State, they kind of ran those guys off the floor, Kyle Corver, Channing Fry. I feel like this is like one of the first times they've got, like he's got a team where he's got size, he's got shooting, he's got other uh, two-way wings, and now it's just the irony is now that his talent is going down. So he's going to have to, they're going to have to rely on these younger guys. Him and Anthony Davis are the only 30-year-olds on the roster, and they have nobody, like, their training camp roster is only one person under six, six, four. Like they're going to be a big team. They're going to be a big team. So it's just a uh, very interesting to see how they're going to put it together. Who's the only person under six, four. Is that a uh, Shamar Moore? Uh, Gabe Vincent. Yes. yes. <laughs> but like, you know, like D-Lo six, five, yeah. six, four, Van, you know, Vanderbilt six, nine, Rui six, eight. So, uh, and then, you know, they got Christian Wood, which I think, a lot of people aren't talking about because obviously Dame and Bradley Beal, but yep. the guy's got talent. He just has never been able to fully put it together to be a very good NBA player. And I think Christian Wood's been one of them dudes who's been like a good player on a bad team. 
Like, and so it's like, like last year he went to Dallas and people thought Christian was going to be a big pickup for them. And then they just was like, yeah, we don't, we don't need this dude. Yeah. No he more. got put in a doghouse. Yeah. Like I got two teams that are really intriguing for me. The Golden okay. State Warriors are yeah, that was my that was my second for yeah. me crazy crazy intriguing for a number of reasons. Number one, man, they go run this back with the core. Mm-hmm. They go run it back with Steph, Clay, and Draymond again, and they added Chris Paul to the mix. You know, so your four most important players are really old. Like let's keep it funky, and they got a whole lot of miles on their legs. You know, and I will be honest with you. You know the general manager that the Golden State Warriors needed. You know who it is? Oh, Jerry Krause. Because Jerry Krause, he would have. You about to say he would have got Clay and Draymond up out of there, like because I really don't think it was smart to keep Draymond Green over Jordan Poole. Like I can understand why you why one would. Would I long term? Like if I'm thinking long term. Right. Is Draymond Green's value defensively? Does that outweigh what Jordan Poole could be offensively? Right. And I knew Jordan Poole was going to have to get a U-Haul sent to his house in in the exit presser when Steve Kerr said, yeah, we really just couldn't figure it out. That punch really just kind of messed up the entire season before it really started. And then they asked him, you know, about Draymond and Draymond's future there. He said, we're not a championship contender without Draymond. I said, oh, yeah, Jordan Poole is out of town. It's a wrap. So I'm thinking in my head with the Golden State Warriors, this is the this is a team to where they're bringing back the same core again for like the tenth straight year, and they've made deep runs into the finals and all of that. But it's like you need that young infusion of talent. So can a Jonathan Kaminga develop? Can a Moses Moody develop? And can they develop to kind of offset the decline of a Clay Thompson and a Draymond Green? You know, right. because other previous like dynasties, you can call them that have had long sustained runs. They had an influx of new talent. Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio. Think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like they had the core Duncan Parker Ginobili, but Kawhi was ascending. You know, can mm-hmm. a, Jonathan Kaminga develop? You know, and as Clay and Draymond kind of still are on the decline, can like what can they get out of Andrew Wiggins? Like, Andrew Wiggins is probably going to have to be, like, the number two guy. And, like, with Chris Paul, it's like, okay, this is in 2014 to 2015, I'd have said, yeah, the Warriors are going to win 65 or 66 games. But in the year of our Lord 2023, I don't know how much Chris Paul does for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things there. Like, Jermon Green has already sprained his ankle, so he's out three to six weeks. Like, just got announced today. Right. So now it's, like, coming out that, they're going to start Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Looney and have Clay Thompson guarding power forwards, you know, which could work. I don't, I don't see that it, I don't see that it will against the best teams, right? In the league. I think that there was no, like, obviously the Jordan Poole thing messed up the chemistry. I don't think there was a problem trading Jordan Poole, but again, you should be trying to trade him for an influx of young talent, not somebody who's past their prime in Chris Paul. Like, that was just the biggest eyebrow raise. Okay, we all saw Jordan Poole getting traded. Who did they trade him for? Chris Paul. What? And so, 
uh, listening to all these like interviews and podcasts, what I'm assuming that they're going to get out of Chris Paul is two things. Number one, he's going to help the young talent that's already there reach their untapped potential. He's going to help Kaminga. He's going to help Moody um, just based on his previous work experience of doing it with DeAndre Aiden, the young guys in Oklahoma City, Booker. Uh, you can even go like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. He made DeAndre Jordan all NBA first team one year. Yeah. Um, so he's going to help with that. And I think he's, he's really brought in to kind of change the flow of the Warriors. Like they talked about it at the, their end of the season presser. Like we could only play one way. Yeah. We only could play one way. And when that stopped, we didn't really have a backup option. We know how Chris Paul plays. And that was another curious thing. Like, Chris Paul don't play like the Warriors. He don't move that much. He holds the ball a lot. He dribbles. But again, he could be in that second unit, man in the second unit. And one thing that we know, like the Warriors have always, as good as they've been, they've always been around the top teams in turnovers. Yeah. Chris Paul is one of the best point guards in assist to turnover ratio. So he's not going to turn that ball over when Steph and those guys go to the bench. And he's allowing Steph to be off the ball more. My only question with the Warriors, it would be fine, but you just lost to the Lakers because of Anthony Davis, for the most part. You did nothing to address that. In fact, you got older and smaller. <laughs> like you didn't, you did nothing to address really the elephant that was stomping on you in this room. <laughs> yeah, like you. I mean, you got a better decision maker, but are you again going to ask Looney? Not even just Anthony Davis. What about the defending champions? You're going to ask them to stop Jokic? Like, I don't. The Warriors don't need much from a big. You just got to be able to beat. You got to beat JaVale McGee. You got to be athletic. You got to be able to catch a lob, run the floor, and block shots. You got to be a vertical presence. Signing Dario Saric is not <laughs> going to get the job done. It just won't. And maybe they're missing something that I, I maybe they're missing something that I haven't seen. Cause I thought that they were about to bring in Dwight Howard and I was like, that's what they were, that's what they were waiting on. They were trying to see about that. But then they don't sign Dwight. So I, I just don't know how they're going to match up. My thing with the Warriors is this, right? Can they get anybody that can create a shot outside of Wardale, Stephen Curry? Because the last time I watched Klay Thompson, he looked cooked. He looked washed like some church clothes. Okay. Draymond, he looked washed like some church clothes. You know what I'm saying? So who can create a shot for them? Like who can they hand the ball to other than Wardale, Stephen Curry? Right. Who can get them a bucket? You know what I'm saying? And like, that's my biggest thing with them. Well, I ask you this, Ken. What team do you think is the most likely to disappoint? Memphis. I don't think Memphis will make the playoffs. I don't think Memphis will make the playoffs. I think losing job for the first 25 games hurts. There's this like narrative that, oh, Memphis plays good even when John Morant doesn't play. Yeah, when you had Tyus Jones, who was the best assist turnover ratio guard in the league. Tyus Jones is no longer there. So now I'm relying on Desmond Bain, who's got the arms of a T-Rex. <laughs> um, Jaron Jackson Jr., who if we just watched the FIBA Cup, he was terrible. And I'm asking Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart to show me what exactly. Hold on. Derrick Rose is still in the league? 
Yeah, I mean, he just got hired as a, a babysitter when we read those documents. We did. Like, maybe, like, John Moran does need some help. John Moran does need some mentorship. But given the fact that we read that Derrick Rose deposition in civil trial, I don't know if he's the person to help good old Demetrius Jamel Morant. I don't know. No. I mean, like, they'll be fine. Like, Marcus Mark fits their mold. But again, this is 25 games. And people are like, oh, that's not a lot. It, it's just till Christmas. Okay. Go, uh, go five and 20. Go 10 and 15. Like, I mean, we're going to get into it. But all these teams that we're talking about, if you're not at full strength and now you got to play catch up, it's going to be really tough. Well, matter of fact, I'll just put it like this. The Pelicans were number one in the West on January 1st. They were. Zion goes down. They don't make the play in or they make the play in. They don't make the playoffs. So I'm saying. I think to me, the most, the team most likely to disappoint. And it hurts me to say this because they have perhaps one of my favorite players in the league. And I think it, it is just a joy to watch this dude play basketball. And he's the most, he has the personality of a brick wall. Uh, shout out to the board man, Kawhi Leonard. Like, I think the Clippers are probably most likely to disappoint me. And not because they trying to disappoint. It's because damn it, Kawhi Leonard's legs won't hold up. And that is the, and that is like the saddest part about it. Because I think last, when those first two games against Phoenix, and even going back further than that, like from January 1 last year, up until game two of that Phoenix series, Kawhi was rolling. Like he was back. He was like, this was Kawhi Leonard, the dude who in 2019, 2020, we were like, yeah, this dude has an argument to be the best player in the NBA. And if he looks like that, you got a chance to do every, like whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? And so for me with the Clippers, it's the idea that, okay, Roster wise, they still have one of the best rosters, like man one to man 12 in the NBA, just in terms of depth. One of the best coaches. And I know, Ken, you said you think T. Lou is the best coach in the NBA. Yep. But can Paul George and Kawhi Leonard make it to April? If they can make it to April and stay healthy throughout, they got a shot to win the West. It's going to be tough on a lot of teams. Like, for sure. They're hell on wheels. Kawhi Leonard is hell on wheels, but is he going to be healthy? You know, and and it sucks because, you know, it just feels like that dude is 31, 32 years old, but he has the body of a 45-year-old man. Like, can he make it to February? Can he, like, you know, can he make it to April, May, and June? Because that year with the Raptors, when he made it to April, May, and June, he was the best player in it. He, oh my goodness. He balled out. He balled out. So that's my thing with them. And, you know, it just feels like that time. I just keep thinking of that time Jodeci was on the Time Jordan Morning Show. You know, can't sing it. Hit it, kid. Ah, you've been slipping away from me. Yeah. That's really what I think of every time I, th- I see Paul George and Koala out on the court. Every single yeah. time. Like, my hope is that if they make it to April fully healthy, we're finally going to get to see what they look like through a full playoff run. Because 2019, 2020, COVID was just a weird, like, you know, they collapsed in the bubble. And I don't know how much of that was just like the the Nuggets being better or them dudes not wanting to be there anymore, right? The next year, Kawhi's balling. He gets hurt. He misses the next year. This past year, Paul George gets hurt a yeah. month before the playoffs start against Oklahoma City. 
Kawhi Leonard's balling, and I really do think they'd have, they would have beat Phoenix mm-hmm. had Kawhi stayed healthy. So now this is your chance to beat Denver. Yeah. So they they. I mean, uh, we we just never know. But can the Clippers? Can they be healthy when it when it counts? They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I I totally agree. We're about to be in year five. What has this duo shown? Like, I mean, they got to the conference finals that year against Phoenix, but again, that was when Kawhi just went down. So um, obviously, it kind of took some sailing out of that shit. But I think the, the true closest that they were was going to Game Seven against Denver. Like that was the best shot that I think that they've had so far. Now again, when they're healthy, you got they got a chance, and that West is going to be loaded. Yeah. And my hope, my hope, obviously, I know injuries are going to occur, but my hope is that no star players by the time April and May come around have sustained any major injuries because I want to see them dudes ball. Like, and they got like you talking about they got Russell Westwood too. Like your favorite player. Hey, he ain't my problem no more. <laughs> but he's somebody, he's another team's Hall of Famer. So they got Russell Westbrook too. You know, like you said, their roster is still very good. Terrence Mann, Nick Patoon, Marcus Morris, uh, Zubak, right? Bones Highland. Norman Powell. Like, Storm and Norman. They are going to be really good. And they're one of those teams like, Tyler gonna have them ready on them. Like, they gonna play wh- whoever plays. Yeah. Right? Cause he, he bring up Amir Coffee from the G League and he started hooping too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so man, it's just, it's just going to be tough. And, and kind of like we talked about with Memphis, like this ain't the year where you can afford for your stars and miss games. Cause it, 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 it really isn't. And we'll get to some more teams, but it really isn't a lot of teams this year that are actively trying to lose, right? Like since your boy big parlay got drafted, I mean, who else is like gunning for the number one pick this year? Obviously, you know, some teams aren't going to be good, but we knew the Spurs were going to lose on purpose. <laughs> we knew that we knew the Jazz were going to lose on purpose. Right. Like the Pistons shut down Kay Cunningham like 10 games in. We knew they were going to lose on purpose. I can't say the same for these teams. anymore. I think that's a very fair point. I think that's a very fair point. So, Ken, as we talked about that, what is the young team you are most interested to see, like to see if they take that leap? Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Very interested to see. Shea Gill just averaged 30 points a game last year. They made it to, they were the AC. They actually, didn't they? No, no, no. No, no, no. Minnesota. They lost to Minnesota in, they, in that last play-in. Yeah, they were, they, but they made it to the play-in. They made it to the play-in. This is all without their number two pick, Chet Holmgren, right? So what is he going to bring to the table? They have a really nice core. Uh, Shea, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, both Jalen Williams. <laughs> yeah. And, and and now you, you're, you're factoring in Chet in this, like they, they're big. They got a lot of length. Um, they got big guards. So I'm interested to see year two of this, how they're going to look in this Western conference. I don't even know if I can call this a young team anymore. I don't know. Can, can we call the New Orleans Pelicans a young team? Dude, that was the one that I was like most intrigued. I, I had them in my mind too. Because I'm like, we're talking about, they got CJ. They got Brandon Ingram, you know, like by definition that those are like two of your three best players. Is this, is this a young team? They got Valanchunas. Right. Is this a young team? Cody Zeller. This ain't really particularly a young team, but we can kind of swing this because their best player, if he's healthy, you can cancel Christmas. If he is healthy, 
if you if he is healthy, you can keep him away from Mariah Mills or keep Mariah Mills away from him. I was about to say figuratively and literally. He's a freak. <laughs> you know, look that they need that was some furniture moving going on between the two of them. Yeah. That's yeah, a lot that of humanity. Was a, that was a lot. That was a lot. But yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. If Zion is healthy, man, you cancel Christmas. It's a wrap. Like you yep. said, number one, January, number one in the West, January 1st. Zion Williamson gets hurt. It's a wrap. So, like, it is a big capital I, capital F, if with the Pelicans. Yeah. Like, a huge one. A huge one. Like, if they're healthy, oh, my goodness. Because, like, we, we, we talk, we've talked about these other Western Conference teams, and, like, it's like they're kind of, like, falling under the radar. But, like, that was a pretty good sample size. Like, they were good. And Zion, I mean, we don't even have to wait anymore. Like, he's good if he's on the floor. Like, he was averaging, like, 26 points on almost 60% shooting from the field. Like, crazy efficient, crazy touch around the rim, right? And and can't nobody stay in front of him. So, he's just got to be there. And and not even just him. Like, Brandon Ingram messed up his toe, and he's out, you know, for, for like, a month. Then, you know, CJ might go down. Alvarado goes down. Like, they get all these, like, injury bugs with them. Um, and I used to have a joke when – Anthony Davis was there. They need to fire their trainer because he he <laughs> he sprained his ankle one time in warmups. But they can never like they can never like get over this hump. Yeah, you know what it is in New Orleans. So the owners of the New Orleans Pelicans are the same people who own New Orleans Saints. Saints. And so rumor is that the Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans share the exact same training staff. So if you're a Saints fan and you're wondering why you can't get uh, Demario Davis back on the field or you worry about what's wrong with Derek Carr or Alvin Kamara or whoever else, it's the same thing that's wrong with Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram or Alvarado. That Whoever is the trainer is overworked. They work work in them trainers like they Waffle House cooks. (laughs) Like, let's keep it funky, Um, man. That trainer needs a raise, man. Man. Yeah, because, I mean, they got to be better. They, they got to be better. And again, you want to see all these teams healthy, see what they do when they're at full strength, right? And they're a team that's not living up to expectations. And it very well could be the last year, like, that they're going to keep this together before they decide to make some changes. No doubt. And a team we haven't got is the Phoenix Suns. Yes. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with them because I feel like I'm supposed to hear a, a trio of Bradley Beal Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and be like, cancel Christmas. They go win the title, but I'm not quite there. And I think it's this thing like, Ken, you R&B dude. You like R&B. You like the, R- you like the R&B groups, right? Absolutely. So Ken, what would be a problem? What would be the problem if you put like Wanye from boys to men? I already know where you're going with this. KC from Jodeci and Cisco from Drew Hill together in one group and you add like two other people what would be the problem with that it's three mics but it's really only one mic all three of them gonna want they mic the loudest and all three of them dudes are power singers like yep. in all of these groups it's real. like you can't have two kcs in the group you can't have two ciscos in the mm-hmm. group you need a big jazz you need that deep voice dude in boys to men who don't do nothing but humiliate himself right. on the interludes and he knows his role bruh and he just sings that like that deep Ooh. Like you need, to, <laughs> you need somebody. You gotta have some people that's okay with that. 
Yeah. You got three lead singers, right? Booker, Beal, and Durant all do the same thing. Score the ball. You need somebody that's like, all right, I play defense. Or I rebound. I pass. You know what I'm saying? Of them three dudes, they all do the same thing really well. Score the ball. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant, at 35 years old, what's this going to look like with him? Right? Like, who is your point guard? You know what I mean? Like, they got some depth and they got some pieces in, you know, getting DeAndre Aiden out of town. They got Nurkic out of it. Right. But still, like, depth-wise, how confident in, are you in a Grayson Allen? How confident in you are are you in a bowl bowl? How confident are you in a Drew Eubanks or a Damian Lee or a Josh Josh Okogie? Is that, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Oh, Eric Gordon, who is like on that Al Horford plan. He's been in the league 50, 11 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I to their credit, I do think that when we first when they first started free agency and they traded for Bradley Beal, I think you and I were kind of like, okay, that's nice, but how are they going to fill out the rest of their roster? And with the lack of money that they had, I think they got the best free agents at the, you know, amount of money. Like I thought Eric Gordon was a big minimum signing pickup. Now we'll see. I'm not the biggest Eric Gordon fan. Um, talk about him numerous times on this show. I thought Grayson Allen was a, was an interesting one. I thought they got Nurkic, you know, just for the analogy that you just alluded to. DeAndre Aiden would in that analogy want a fourth mic. Yeah, want to be able to sink this too, and and Nurkic is going to be somebody that rebounds and you know he defends a little bit better. And Frank Vogel, defensive coach, but who is going to take that sacrifice? Is it going to be the thirty-five year old? Is it going to be the guy that's you know who admitted that he hasn't been playing meaningful basketball for the last couple of years in Bradley Beal? Um, I don't think Devin Booker's taking the backseat, so somebody's going to have to you know turn into more of a playmaker and I think that Bradley Beal and I think that's what is rumored that he's going to be playing some point guard for them because they really don't have a true point guard on the roster they don't Cameron Payne went to the book so I am very intrigued to see what they do but I like I like you am not just going to be like oh they got these three guys they're going to make the championship I don't know that I don't know that because I people jumped on the the Kevin Durant to when he first got traded always oh, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden and they're going to make it to the championship. Well, look how that worked out. I don't want to be one of those guys, but you play with a lot of good guys, Katie, and anybody else other than Steph, for whatever reason, it has not worked out with you even making it to the finals other than Oklahoma City. That's fair. That is very fair. With Brad Beal, my big question with him is just this. Are you just one of them dudes who can just put the ball in the bucket, but you ain't never going to be good in terms of winning nothing? Because I think we've admired Bradley Beal from afar just because he could put the ball in the hole. Like, I think he one yep. of them dudes. Like, you ever seen, like, somebody who's, like, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper? Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody just admires their skill. Like, they're just skilled at the pure art of rapping, but they can't put a full album together. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel Absolutely. like Bradley Beal might be that dude to where we just admire his, like, pure skill of putting the ball in the hole. Right? But in mm-hmm. terms of putting, like, being a good player, a contributing player. To a championship team, I don't know if he. I don't know if that's him. You know what I'm saying? He will get the opportunity to show it this year. Same thing. Same thing with Dame. Just kind of on a lesser note, like you have you have expectations now. Like you're not in Washington post John Wall. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do in the Wild West? 
where forget the conference, your division, all five of those teams are supposed to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Warriors, Kings. Like now we're going to see what you really are made of and what that team is really made of as well. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see it, man. We haven't even talked about Big Parlay. We've not talked about Big, Big Parlay. We've not talked about Victor Wimbanyama at all. I just noticed that. Spurs will be right outside the play-in, in my opinion. You know, I'm not even really – I'm just excited to see Big Parlay and just see what it looks like, you know, because last year I really kind of checked out, you know, because I was like, we're going to be sorry. I'm not really interested in watching the sorry basketball team. Like, I got better things to do. I got a dissertation to finish. Yeah. But now, like, man, I might, I might have to make – I might have to make that trip down 35. I'm right here in Austin, man. Got to make that trip down 35 to see what Big Parlay talking about. I, I mean – you got nice young pieces, Devin uh Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, Big Carlay now. Like now you're actually gonna be competing. They're gonna be young. They're gonna take their lumps, but they can beat anybody on a given night. It's the NBA. Shoot, as I'm looking at these tickets, I'm like These tickets too damn expensive. This is why I got NBA League pass. Man, what? Tickets too. I'm perfectly content with watching every game at my house. Bruh. Bruh. But let's move on to some game picks, Kennedy Miller. Let's move on to some Sounds game good. picks as we wrap this bad boy up. I don't even know why we had this game on the list. The Chicago Bears versus versus the Washington Commanders. Is that their name now? Something like that. The Bears are terrible. They're really bad. <laughs> They're really bad. And it like right now they are on pace to have the first and second pick of the draft. And you got to think, okay, how can we get Justin Fields out of there and get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr.? That's got to be the thought, right? But then I think about, like, is Justin Fields really the problem? Is it coaching? It Like, will that, like, honestly, it is all about situation, right? Like, we've seen that before. But I'm going with the commanders to answer your question. But it's just, it's a travesty how bad they are. Man, I'm rooting for regulation. And this should be a reason why we abolish Thursday night football. Because we should not have is to that watch. on Thursday? Yes. Oh, no. I'm not tuning in to that. See, man, my thing is this. Thursday night football is bad anyway. But it's going to be real bad when you put two sorry teams up in there. Right. Well, right. And, like, I ain't going to lie to you. I don't know if Justin Fields is the problem or not. I feel like he going to end up being the backup somewhere else. Next year, like they probably somebody's probably asking him what his hat size is right now. Is it medium, mm-hmm. large, or extra large? Mm-hmm. Because I, I doubt he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. And I ain't gonna lie to you. If I'm Caleb Williams, I'm staying in school. I'm gonna take yeah. some more sociology agenda classes. I might sign up for grad school. I'm gonna do anything else but play for the Chicago damn Bears. Because, like, mm-mm, nah, man, get your degree, Caleb Williams. Get your degree. Educate yourself. Writing an extra paper in the sociology of race or something like that, it would probably serve you better than playing for the Chicago Bears. Absolutely. No direction whatsoever right now. Who does have some direction? Or who appears to have some direction right now? Appears to be the Texas Longhorns. And they are playing the Oklahoma Sooners in the Red River rivalry game this Saturday. Cotton Bowl, Kennedy Miller, who you got? 
I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. I'm going with Texas, but we were talking about this before. This is the last true roadblock before a path to the college football championship. This is the last true roadblock right here. You got some games that can sneak up on you, but you beat OU. All signs point to you being one of those top four to finish. And as a Texas fan, this is what we've been waiting on since Vince Young was 50 pounds light. <laughs> you said back when he was wearing a size 32. Listen, man, this is what we've been waiting on. And I'll be damned if OU is the reason that that stops us this year. I just, I'm nervous, but I got Texas winning. If, if Texas wins this game, this will be the true indication that Steve Sarkeesian has really turned things around. And Austin needs to ban all bars for that night. We ain't going out nowhere. <laughs> Dick Street is closed. <laughs> hey, we ain't doing it. Because we got to do whatever it takes to get to be playing in January for the meaningful games. Bro, I'm right with you. I'm shook. You know, really, because this is a ball game Texas typically loses. Or rather, let me say this, man. Texas is show for these big games against the LSU in 2019, against the Oklahoma, yes. against the Alabama. Like, we'll show up and show out and play really well. But then when it's a Kansas State and, like, first week, first, second week in November, we really don't feel like playing, that's the game they'll, you know, trip up on. Mm-hmm. But for me, this Texas team, and I've been saying it the all summer, this entire start of the season, this is the best team we've had since 2009. If they can get over this hump, and my big thing is this, Steve Sarkeesian, what I know him to be, is a dude who shows up in a big game and he's going to be in his bag. Like, if he's going like prep and scheme, it's going to be a week like this one. He's going to scheme every week, but he's going to scheme extra for a game such as this. And my big thing is this with Oklahoma. How many players does Oklahoma have that would start for Texas this year? Not too many. They don't have a C.D. Lamb. No. They don't have a Kyler Murray. They don't have one of those dudes. Right. Texas has the dudes this year. I got Texas by 10. It's going to be a rivalry game, so it's going to be tough. And I think OU's yep. going to show up because last year when they ran, they put the tight end out there and they ran the damn single wing. They're going to be better than that. Yeah. Back to the NFL, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings. Who you got? Is it a primetime game? I don't think so. Then Kirk Cousins might have a chance. <laughs> But I still, I still got Kansas City winning. Man, Minnesota, like, first of all, I didn't even predict them to win their, their, uh, division. We both picked the fighting Dan Campbells. And shout out to them. Shout out to the fighting Dan Campbells. Okay. Minnesota, I mean, they just, they just average me. Like, and I didn't think they would start off. What are they? One and two? One and, one and three. One and three. I didn't think they would start off that bad, but quarterback play is very important. And, their defense is not that good this year. And so you got a bad quarterback, bad defense. Like, you're really setting yourself up for failure. And it's not good if Pat Mahomes is coming into town. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the damn Swifties. And I hate it. I want them to break up right now. Man, by Thanksgiving, 
I want Ooh. Taylor Swift to be writing a song about Travis Kelsey because I cannot take a full season of this right I'm here. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing it. Like, why do I get ESPN notifications about her at the game? I don't care. I, I do not care. Look, man, I'd rather, like, why couldn't they do this with Sierra? Okay. Right. She's pressure. You know. No, you, 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 you're right. You're right. I'm like, if these were Sierra notifications, I'd be, I'd, I'd be locked in. Won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree with that. Cause that, they're doing, a, they're doing too much with it. Maybe it's a two Americas thing. Maybe it is, right? Maybe, maybe, and here's my question for Travis Kelsey. This seems like a work because all the other women I have seen Travis Kelsey gallivant around with, uh, they more so suit, suit the sensibilities of you or I, Kennedy Miller, than they would, uh, than Taylor Swift does. No doubt. Look, I do not need 20 cutaways to Taylor Swift. Please don't do this to me. Um, we're going to close out with your Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Bay to play the San Francisco 49ers. Kennedy Miller, who you got? I Look, I feel like we need our boy A.O. on here to beam up right with you. I got the Cowboys winning by nine. Okay. I think this is the game they've been they, – they've had a circle. Like, this is the game they've been waiting on. They dropped one to Arizona. Very unfortunate, right? Like, Arizona just flat out outplayed them. They did not play well that day. I think they've had this game circled. I do. I, I think – Obviously, this is a team that knocked us out of the playoffs the last two years. Michael Parsons has been carrying this around with him. And make no mistake about it, the 49ers are legit. And if there's any chance of us going to a Super Bowl or having any playoff success, it's most likely we're going to have to run into them and or the Eagles. So I think they understand that this is a like a bar game for them to kind of see where they match up with the NFC's best. And I think they're going to come out on top. I think they're going to play with a different level of swagger. And it's going to take some defensive touchdowns. We've seen that that's what is going to win the Cowboys games is when the defense scores for them, for them to have a chance. But I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. I think also Tyron Smith hasn't played two weeks. They've been saving him for this game. He's going to play on Sunday. I feel like this is one of them games that the, that almost at the Eagles. This is one of them games that the Cowboys will win. And this would be like a signature win because I don't think like in the regular season they've had like a signature win the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Like every time they've played like a marquee game against a Kansas City, right? They've come out yeah, like, like they, they they didn't show well, right? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't played their best. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Like, do I think they'll win? Man, I think they got a good shot. I think they've got an excellent shot. And I, what, one thing I know about this game is they're going to be out there hitting. It's oh, gonna yeah. oh, it's gonna be physical. It's gonna be physical. Yeah, you know, I I don't even know if I have a pick for that game. I really don't. I really don't. Man, I might go to Cow. I, I might pick the Cowboys. Does this seem like the type of game they'll win early in the season? That's what I'm saying. And get just, everybody like really, really excited, and then it fades down, and then like by like November, December, it doesn't matter because they've lost like three in a row to some teams they shouldn't have lost to. All right, all right, all right. What? What? We're talking about the past now. We don't. It's a new day. I'm just being honest. You thought I was trolling? I thought you was trolling. <laughs> this is this is this is one of these signature wins, but this this should be the year that you use this to propel you and to keep going forward. We cannot this this one of the obviously Trayvon Diggs hurts us. The loss hurts us. But this is one of the few years in my lifetime where I can hang my hat on the Cowboys. Having a great defense. I couldn't hang it in those Tony Romo years. It was just 48 to 44. 48 to 45. <laughs> Looking like a Big 12 game. game. Like hoping that we get the ball last, hoping he doesn't throw a pick. Okay. Now, like, okay, like I got a solid defensive line. 
we can get to the quarterback. We got some ball hawks. Like Deron Bland is what, eight interceptions in the last three years. Our linebackers are, are pretty fast. So it's really just it's really just my quarterback. Can he do can he can he outplay Brock Purdy? And if he can't outplay Brock Purdy, that please that that's a problem. That, that is a can he outplay Brock Purdy. And we gotta contain Christian McCaffrey because he's a beast. Balling. Yo, you know what'd be crazy, man? If like the Dallas Cowboys and the Texas Longhorns both like really like you know really did this this year, you know what I'm saying? My calorie intake would be up. Oh God, go I'm like, oh my, is it my <laughs> calorie intake? You talking about something like some clear some clear liquor? Man, it would be a rough couple of months. And if the if the Lakers go and win the finals too, you're gonna die. You're gonna have alcohol poisoning. You're going to die. Yo, I'm going to call Miss Vanessa right now. Oh, I might need, look, call, call Sierra right now. Call her right now. Would, look, make, look, make sure you like don't have Frank. a car. I would be like Frank off Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in there every day. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. And that is another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Kennedy Miller, my man. Appreciate you for hanging out. Where can they find you? Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. And that's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. All right. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin. TSM again. That's on the f- artist formerly known as Twitter at Alex Goodwin. TSM. That's T as in Texas, like the Texas Longhorns. S as in Spurs, like the San Antonio Spurs, M as in the Milwaukee Bucks. Follow the show on Instagram at underscore the game plan podcast. Get on Instagram at underscore the game plan podcast. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. For Kennedy Miller, my name is Alex Goodwin. This has been the game plan podcast. We will see you guys next time.